Hi, I'm Talon Stradley, and you're listening to The Whole Way Through, the show where we listen to the entirety of a musician's album and then sit down with that artist to talk about everything that went into creating that collection of music. I first heard Sofa City Sweetheart during a show that they played at The Prospector. The bill was organized by fellow robot, and I was opening the whole night. I was exhausted, had a nosebleed, and was determined to stay the entire evening to see the other bands. Let me just say, it was worth it. I really enjoyed Sofa City Sweetheart's pop sounds, lighthearted nature, and engaging live performance. After that, I found their album, The J. Lopez Collective. This album was actually one of the major inspirations for The Whole Way Through. There was so much going on, weird songs, fun songs, instrumental songs, 30-second songs, catchy songs. I wanted to delve into this strange little piece of work. So, here we are. Without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Juan Lopez of Sofa City Sweetheart. Oh, so I s- introduce things now? <laughs> okay, hey everybody, this is Juan from Sofa City Sweetheart. And I think today we're listening to the J. Lopez Collective, which is a whole bunch of acoustic um, acoustic demos that I did uh, back in 2005, but I didn't release it then, so I held on to it for a while. Anyway, J. Lopez Collective... Uh, lot of demos and acoustic stuff hope you like it due to the length of this album and the limits of our podcast host we aren't going to be putting the album in today's episode however i highly encourage you to give the j lopez collective a listen before you check out the interview you can find the album on spotify itunes bandcamp or wherever else you get your music by searching for sofa city sweetheart we'll give you a few moments to go listen to the album before we jump into the interview all right you ready yeah, it's a cool album, right? This week we'll be trying something a little different. The following interview has been almost entirely unedited. We hope you enjoy this deep dive into the album and the wonderful stories Juan has for us today. Also, several times I say the album title is The J. Lopez Collection, but that is wrong. It is J. Lopez Collective. Okay, on to the interview. Hello, everybody. Hello, world. Um... <laughs> So I know you talked about this a little bit in the intro, but can you give some context as to uh, kind of when uh, when was the J. Lopez collection recorded? Uh, <clears throat> well, it's kind of I thought it was interesting. You wanted to talk about this um, record because this was it has a very interesting story. <laughs> so, like, uh, I was in another band. This was back in like '05, actually. Mm-hmm. So I was like graduating college, actually. Like, I think I just graduated, and I was like fresh out and I was waiting to go into audio <clears throat> audio engineering school so I had this like little gap where I wasn't doing anything I when I think I was working part-time but <clears throat> I had a lot of free time on my hands because I just got out of college and I was used to you know being super busy so mm-hmm. uh, I decided to just record a bunch of stuff so I was really busy with my band my old band was called the fictions and we were <clears throat> supposed to release a record and that never happened because uh, we, we stupidly broke up but <laughs> we were like really active around that time we we're writing a bunch of songs and and doing a lot of stuff for that ba- for the band and and um but i also on top of all that I, re- <clears throat> I i i don't know why i think i was studying a lot of music history at the time mm. and we learned a lot about how a lot of composers died in the, and like a lot of this stuff come out like posthumously yeah <clears throat> and um like Schubert, you know, like the Unfinished Symphony and everything. Like there was a lot of stuff that Chopin got released later too. But um, so I, I don't had like death on the brain. I had this like for, foreboding sense of doom and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so for some reason I had this feeling that I was going to die soon and I had all these songs in my head. So 
um, a lot of it wasn't going to be used for my other band. So I just recorded, I, I spent like a few months in this, it just at, at my house, like, uh, turned my brother's old room into a studio and, <clears throat> and just recorded a ton of stuff. And over the course of a couple of months, I think just recorded, I think like 30 tracks are on this and there's, there was more that I left off, but there really? was, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> 30 songs is a, is a hefty and it's 30 song and it's, um, 45 minutes. So it's even got like some decent weight to it, you know, of like of a full-fledged album kind of thing like it's not <clears throat> just the scraps to it there's yeah so it's a lot of quick stuff i just kind of like there's a lot of um there's a couple of full songs on here but it's a lot of like ideas and a lot of just like oh i'm gonna get something down and i wasn't planning on doing anything with it i just wanted to get it down and so but then i i, I made it and then i kind of was like oh well i had all these songs and i was like i think these could go together and i just made a few copies for friends and it just kind of lived that on that in that form for a while i just made like burned some copies for my friends and and they really liked it some of them really liked it so eventually i was like i think i've, I've recorded my ep in 08 <clears throat> and I, I put that out and and then i uh, was promoting that for a while and then a few years after that i was like well i think i want to put something else out but i don't have anything i wasn't working on my new newer thing yet so or anything new so i was like oh, i'll just remaster this and put it out so that's kind of how that came to be and that, that i eventually put it out i think like 2010 or something like that <clears throat> and uh, then kind of put them all together and I tried my best to, to ma I, I mastered myself and I, I put them in like the the order that I thought would flow and I think after a while it's kind of weird I was kind of almost ashamed of it for a while but not ashamed but it wasn't like fully produced you know <clears throat> but they had their own little charm I kind of liked them hearing them all together and their whole you know they kind of like are, are friends and you know it kind of yeah. flow it has a nice flow to it so, um, but I, I don't know how it comes across now. It might come across kind of weird because I don't know. There's some, I was kind of listening to, I, uh, listening to it re recently to, um, cause I had to send you the lyrics for it mm -hmm. and I hadn't heard it in a while. I was like, Oh, this is kind of weird. Like there's some really good stuff on it. I think there's some, there's some decent stuff on it. And then there's some stuff that's like, wow, I was, I was being really experimental. back then. <laughs> I was like more, more experimental back then. I yeah, feel like what, what kind of experiments were, were you <clears throat> working with? And do you want some like water or something? Do you, oh, I have something. Yeah, I'm just, cool. just I just have <laughs> I just have this. Yeah, I I feel you. I have chronic yeah. like allergies. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a deviated septum, <laughs> so it's always playing with me. But um, um, oh, sorry. What was the question? Yeah. Um, what were um, what were some of the ways you were experimenting on the album? Oh well, I sometimes I would just kind of go in. Like I would like have um. Um, not really a plan for a recording. I would just kind of go in and, and just kind of see what I could come up with. So I layered all this extra, like this was before I went to audio school too. So I feel like <clears throat> when you don't know like the formal training way, if you don't know, if you, I feel like the less you know about something, like you, you kind of have more freedom. Like you tend to experiment and you don't have limitations or you just kind of go for it, you know? Um, whereas when you become more of an expert in something you kind of like you know you kind of have these limitations like oh we have to do it this way because of x and y but when you're kind of a novice at something you kind of just like well i just want to do it this way and you, you kind of make it work you know <clears throat> so there was a bunch of things where i just kind of went and like recorded the song but then i just kept layering stuff and or i would play around i had like i think i just told you i had these new microphones it's the first time i use condenser mics on stuff and and i was just playing around with putting them in different places um like on the side of the guitar or whatever like um in different spots like on the neck or different places or there was times um when i would sing there's 
in that song Annie Stays Home, there's a part where like like I sing through the guitar, like I put the mic behind oh, wow. the guitar, like so I sing through the sound hole. I sing into the guitar and I record the backside of it. And I was just doing weird stuff where I just, you know, was a little more free and um and I just kind of went went with what I had, so I didn't have a a huge um um studio or anything or too many it wasn't too advanced or anything, so uh, it was kind of a similar situation to where we are now. So it's like, yeah, which is <clears throat> my home like garage. A couple, yeah, it was a couple of mics and stuff, and and so I just kind of, um, kind of did a lot of guitar stuff, a lot of vocal stuff, and um, tried to make it, you know, as nice as I could with what I had. What was uh, what was your favorite experimental track that you made? Like that one thing that you tried that was super weird. You weren't sure about it, but then it ended up just totally like working for you. Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember exactly. Um. There was, let's see, <clears throat> there's a ton of tracks on it. Um, there's this one, uh, there's this one song called In the Beginning, or is this an instrumental thing? And it's just a bunch of acoustic guitars being layered, but I just kind of had one idea and I just kind of like layered stuff on top and and um, it ended up being weird. Sometimes when you just kind of go and, and try things out, like I'm, I'm so much more cautious now or <laughs> I don't know, scared or whatever. Right. Or I just, I know more too, so I kind of, I do way more planning now. But when you kind of just go and, and try, it's it's kind of, you just never know what you can expect. And so there's a lot of weird stuff on the album, but then there's some kind of really nice things that would have not happened if I hadn't have tried it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um, Did any of these songs, uh, did you perform any of these live? Did any of these kind of develop into further incarnations or did you, was it kind of a cathartic you get it out there it's on the tape and then you kind of move on to your next stuff <clears throat> right um well yeah for for a, a while i was playing a couple of songs off there i still yeah because i was playing solo shows for a long time so um i would play a couple of songs um annie stays home and stanley waited i would play those all the time from my live solo sets <clears throat> and then um um, I actually rec- recorded some of these to put on my next album, which is coming out in like February. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's, there's these fully produced versions that I've been kind of like wanting to do. So, so, um, I'm kind of curious to see if anyone has heard this thing, which is, I don't think many people have heard this, <laughs> this collective, but, um, um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if they would like the, I think I want them to hear the fully produced ones cause they sound way different and pretty cool now. So, um, so those are coming. And then with the band, I, I have a new band now. So, uh, we've been playing this song called thank you, Mr. Fishy live, which has been, <laughs> it's been pretty cool. Like it's like, uh, it's, it's again, it's really different. A lot of the stuff live is different than the recording. Cause it was just me on the recording. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that one's pretty upbeat and it's, it's a pretty fun song. Where did, so. where, where did the idea from that song come from because me and my friend were listening to it in the car as i like drove him to college or whatever and yeah and like we were just cracking up because it's such a beautiful like funny little song and like on first listen it was a very silly song and then like whenever you sent me the lyrics and i was able to like delve deep it had this beautiful like little story attached yeah. to it too it's great it's a wonderful song yeah it's it's kind of funny like one of my friends i just made um it's so weird having i mean i know the internet's been around for a while but i feel like <clears throat> like instagram is a different kind of beast like it's i, I just find it i make friends on there and and um anyway i made a i made a friend on instagram and that's like her favorite song like one of her favorite songs she like loves this fishy song and i don't know where it is like i think i just have like a like a fascination with like story songs yeah like um 
I was always a fan of, like I'm a like I'm a huge like the Kinks are my favorite band so like <clears throat> I love the the way Ray Davies tells stories and he has little characters in it and those have always been my favorite kind of songs like um the Beatles do that a lot too like She's Leaving Home and and um you know they always have the not always but there's sometimes these these types of songs that have stories in them and I've always loved those for some reason where like I feel like Ray Davies uh, of the Kinks he's like super good at um telling this beautiful story that like takes you in and puts you in a different time period or makes you care about these people that may or may not have existed <laughs> and I think if you can do that in like three minutes it's like you're, you're it's like very powerful you know yeah <clears throat> so I always had this fascination with that kind of stuff and I, like I don't know I always just like like admired that like childhood whimsy or whatever <laughs> or like like Aesop's fables or like little stories that are just like not huge novels but they have these little like charming stories to them you know so I just got kind of uh I just kind of fell in love with that kind of type of song and I a lot of my songs have characters in them so like um I don't know if I had a specific um like like incident or anything I just kind of tend to make up these stories like oh when I write a song I just kind of hear this thing in my head it's like oh this this would go well and I just I don't know that Dave just wrote a song about a fish I guess <laughs> that's awesome um and you have a lot of names like you have like you know Annie Andy Paula yeah. uh, Julie a lot of those kinds of things yes um, are those at all inspired by real people do you ever pull names from your <clears> friends or is it just kind of like whatever name seems right yeah it's kind of funny um like I said I was I kind of fell in love with that kind of model of song and that type of song and then before I was a songwriter I've never I didn't before I knew how to write a song I was I was wondering how you did that I didn't know how one did that sorry and um so <clears throat> I was like how do you do that you know <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty cool and then I just figured out how to do it and then it, and it kind of didn't stop but <laughs> so <laughs> so um no a lot of a lot of times people ask me that and um it's very, very uh, rare that it's about a real person. Um, <clears throat> usually it's just like, like I, like I've mentioned, like it's just like a little story I tell, or it's like an Aesop fable or, or some kind of little, you know, I make up these characters and I just kind of like go with it. I kind of like, I don't know, make it like a short story, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're, they exist. Um, there's a couple of them that do like on my EP, that song good news for Jackie is, is kind of, sort of based on Jackie Johnson, the weather girl. She was like a weather girl here for many years. And um, she was like on channel nine forever. I think she might still be on something. She was on channel two for a while, but um, so some people know her, you know, some people are, are know who she is. And uh, so there, and there's a few, there's a few um, um, songs like that song, the singer uh, I there's on, on the collective is, is about, this girl I had a crush on her name is Kelly like I, I sing the song I said there's a line that says like Kelly won't you sing for me and that's about a real person but um you know it's pretty rare that it's actually about a real person so. okay nice yeah. you have this song uh give me a second to pull it up yes there's some weird stuff on it there's some really oh weird I, stuff. I probably have a better answer to that question you asked me oh. but later but okay. <laughs> um earlier no. the work of art in the yes <laughs> i was gonna ask you i was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention that reproduction yes go for it oh what, what is the question <laughs> i i literally i sat down i listened to that song um it stands out like right away i think just the the cadence of it is so different than some of your other stuff it's a little bit <coughs> less melodic and more kind of Mm -hmm. I don't know like spoken kind of thing and then you mm -hmm. have like the weird like 
parts coming in with like other people kind of like weird other voices stuff yeah um, and then i noticed on your band camp that you actually credited that song um like the lyrics and the words was from um some german writer yeah. that you then that somebody that you found the translation <coughs> of and you turned that into a song yeah so i literally i was trying to think of like a good question for that and i literally just wrote down the title i was like i gotta ask yeah, him about yeah, this yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that is a that is an interesting story actually. So I I've been meaning to make like a YouTube video or something explaining all of these. So it's kind of cool that you like I appreciate that you asked me about these because no, no one ever I don't know who listens to this record, but it's such a good record. <laughs> I like it. I really enjoyed it. But um um what was I going to say um so it's kind of a it's a you know I'll try to make it a short story, but my friend was an art major <clears throat> at USC and he was doing all this like straight up like serious art like he wasn't like you know an art history major he was an artist you know so he would he would paint a lot he was a really good uh, like artist in high school and he would draw a lot but he started doing other kinds of installations you know how when you go to a museum and you see like something weird you know modern modern art kind of stuff <clears throat> so he had this idea he studied like walter this is this is a the the text is from an uh, a, an essay by, essay by this guy named walter benjamin walter benjamin i think and um I think he was an art critic from like the 30s or something. Mm. And so he wrote this thing, this essay about how like that's why I think when prints first started happening, they started like reproducing art, you know, but it wasn't the original. It was like the first time I think they were reproducing artwork. <clears throat> and so he wrote this big essay about how the reproduction is not the same thing as the original and why and all this stuff. And it was like a think of very like heralded thing or st an often studied thing in the art world. So he studied this thing and um you know they made him study in art, in art school i'm sure and <clears throat> so it's well known among artists and stuff and so he thought it would be cool to turn his essay into a work of art you know so it was kind of like a like a twist on it so he turned like his his essay critiquing reproductions of art and we we did is i he asked me to write a song about it and so that was weird because i normally write the music first all the time for my so there's a there's a couple of experiments on this whole on this record where i do it the other way so i had this text it was more of a text setting so he which is if you see the original text in the block paragraph you'd probably get scared like how do i do this and make it a song <laughs> you know <clears throat> so he asked me to do this thing where i turn it into a song and then we actually i recorded this song and then he put it on vinyl and he had it playing at his art installations so so it was like this weird twist on the whole like reproducing art thing because like he's critiquing reproductions of art but then we we took his essay and turned it into an art piece and then reproduced it onto onto vinyl so it was kind of this weird twist you know that's awesome that's really cool <laughs> yeah it was pretty 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 interesting um pretty cool idea that's my friend andy janaqua he's my friend from high school and i think he teaches art on the east coast now but <clears throat> um um he uh yeah so he did this thing when he was at usc and and so so i had to somehow turn this block of scary text and i think the original is in german so it's this translated german oh, text geez. and it's just like this huge essay but he told me to grab a chunk of it excuse me and um he told me to grab a chunk of it and just kind of go and see what i could do and so i was like what am i gonna do and so i i try to make it as turn this like prose into like poetry into like you know like make it flow as a song and make it a make it as kind of catchy it's like how do you yeah. turn this like really bland art piece into like a catchy pop song and like yeah. i don't think he required it to be a catchy pop song but I, I that was my thing so i tried to my best you know yeah and i think you did a good job that was even at looking at that i was wondering if that was 
one of the reasons why you chose that piece or something because you just find such rhythm in it. I was like, man, like this is really boring, <coughs> dry stuff. It but, is, but, yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, but it has a bounce to it. And you kind of like found that little like rhythm and kind of breathe the life into it. And it's it's a it's a good one. It's a nice little gem there. Yeah, I was kind of kind of like I said that was way more experimental like um thing i kind of think that's cool when um you have an art you know not necessarily competition but you have inspiration like you have like my artist friend was like i always admired him because he he put out really cool pieces of art and and so i always tried to kind of like up my game to make you know good art too or you know make make Mm -hmm. so i was kind of more experimental back then and i was you know I'm, i'm wondering what people think of that song because it's it's so weird but you know, once you hear the explanation, it, it probably makes a lot more sense. And I, I think it ages well because it, it does feel relatively clear. Like even like on first listen, I was like, oh, this is the kind of thing that it's that it's trying to say. And I think that there's a lot there. But I mean, even this might be a very grandiose comparison. But I mean, even like now, you know, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the most like popular songs of mm, all time. Yes. And that's one that has very... Um, you know some of those like different sections and that kind of thing it gets it is like, bizarre yeah yeah and like <clears throat> you know that was like my first gut impression especially whenever those other vocals kind of come in and just kind of with the rapid pacing and all those different things i was like oh this is like this beautiful odd little little piece <laughs> yeah it's weird i think i think i was just very free because that was just me and my home my you know in my home studio and just just kind of like doing what i wanted and i had no limitations so it was cool like i was very experimental back then and like very inspired so I kind of, I kind of, like, I've, so, like I was saying, I was working with my band and also cranked out all these songs and then re- recorded them and just kind of tried all this crazy stuff. And I would, mm-hmm. like, stay up all night every night working on every, you know, until I, you know, I was like, okay, that's enough. And then I can kind of work with that, you know. What were, um, what were some <clears throat> of the biggest lessons you learned kind of throughout that whole process? Oh, um, not then, but, um, now, like, kind of looking back on it, like, mm-hmm. um, it's best i feel like it's kind of like um a lot of those songs were just freshly written mm-hmm. or had not even been finished written, you know so it i think it's kind of like great to go and record something when you're most inspired mm-hmm. and just kind of going with it versus letting it sit on the shelves too much and cuz i i do that now and i have all these i have too much stuff back you know i have to record um like f- three more albums to be you know to kind of clear it out the way you know i have a lot of back stuff i need to record so um i think it's kind of cool to just kind of go and and get it down and and just when you're inspired you know when you have that original inspiration for like how you wrote the song and then um you kind of like keep writing that inspiration and so i kind of just worked i kind of i worked basically on like one song a, a night or so and uh i worked um and I basically recorded it or I kept working until I was like, all right, it's not getting any better. And I had less like audio engineering skills. So I, I was like, I can't really fix it too much. So, um, um, so I kind of just worked until I felt like I couldn't do any better. And then I just quit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. and then started fresh with like a new one the next day. So I That's think, awesome. yeah. That's so. really cool. Um, yeah, I feel that the, the single that I have coming out on the first was, was very much that for me. Like I was up, I volunteered at the summer camp. I 
was sitting in a meeting and I had this like lyrical idea and this melodical, melodical idea and I wrote it down. I'm like running through it in my head so I don't forget. Mm-hmm. And immediately after that, I'm just like pacing back and forth, like up in a summer camp in the middle of the wilderness, like singing this entire <laughs> song. And I wouldn't let myself go to bed until I like <clears throat> got it all down. And then right. I wasn't planning on like releasing that song anytime soon. Yeah. And it turned out to be like the next official release that I did. Mm, um, yeah. Because you gotta, you gotta hit that one. Yeah, because I was getting inspired like a lot and getting into this real. I was really also really inspired by these like post Pet Sounds uh, Beach Boys records, which are crazy too. They're just like that's kind of when they lost their like major label funding. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Brian went crazy and then he like they did a bunch of home recordings. So I was just like just very imp- inspired by all that stuff. You mentioned earlier about the um, kind of taking all of these acoustic demos and mm-hmm. trying to kind of shape it into an album and, and putting thought into that track order what kind of what kind of thoughts were you having as you went into to shape this into a cohesive piece oh it was hard <laughs> i spent like a few well not a few i spent many days like because this was after the fact too like, like i said i had these burn copies and i kind of had an order but then i was like well let me i don't, know, I don't actually don't remember but I, I spent a long time just trying to you know flipping the songs around and this was after i had audio engineering training so I kind of flipped the songs around in different places and and just kind of I always just like I always made mixtapes growing up and stuff so I kind of just kind of used that mentality where it's like well what's going to flow well into it you know each other but I didn't really put it into like um an order where I was like oh these songs um that have fully completed sections and (laughs) fully lyrics are going to go first or anything I just kind of went with like what's going to go sounding good you know (laughs) next to each other um but yeah, that was after the fact, you know, when I was deciding. And then it was kind of funny. I just mentioned that I had like limited skills when I recorded it. And so there was some flubs that I, I left in there. And then later I was actually able to fix them. So you don't hear those anymore on the on the final version. Which oh, is, wow. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I got to say the Brontosaurus Boogie, I think, is one of my favorite <laughs> songs. It's That one's kind of interesting. Like, um, I don't know why you got, like, I was thinking, like I was writing out the lyrics to that one. I was like this is ridiculous. Why did I do this? You know? <laughs> like, but I had just like a massive rush of inspiration. I had too many songs in my head. So I was going kind of crazy. I needed to get them out, you know? And, um, I don't know again, like why did I write a song about a fish? I don't know. Like, why did I write a song about a brontosaurus? Like, I think I was around the time. This is, I think, you know, I was, I think I'm remembering this is around the time when the whole like brontosaurus, like, you know, <clears throat> um, debate happened where they, I don't know if you remember this but they were like debating whether or not the brontosaurus existed and it was like actually the brachiosaurus or something like that where like there was a whole debate about like oh the brontosaurus like we because I grew up like in the 80s and 90s and like we grew up like learning about the brontosaurus like one of the classic dinosaurs and then later on they were like wait a minute it's like Pluto it's kind of the Pluto kind of thing yeah, where like yeah like wait a minute the, bra- the brontosaurus didn't actually exist it was actually the brachiosaurus or something like there was some there was some debate going on kind of like the Pluto thing and so yeah I th- I'm pretty sure that was around that time too so but that one's it's kind of funny I think this is it's kind of like a weird sleeper hit because I like I find that it gets the most play on like youtube for some reason and it's weird i don't know why um i don't know if, if it got picked up by some kids cha- i think i found it on some weird playlist the other day on spotify oh. but it's it's kind of a weird um thing and now that, that one's fun too like like that was a fun experiment just doing a lot of vocals and stuff but yeah yeah i that one that was another one that came on in the car and we we're sitting and we we're like what even is this? Like, <laughs> it's just such a weird like it's just the, I want to eat a tree over and over again yeah and it's neither of us 
neither of us knew the song title. It wasn't until I got home and I was listening oh. to the album again that I saw that and I was able to go, oh my God, it's called the Brontosaurus <laughs> Boogie. It's about a brontosaurus and all yeah. he wants to do is eat a tree. Yeah. And that was such a great, like, just cathartic moment of like, wow, that's a, that's a fun song. Well, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm really glad, like, <clears throat> some people exist that like that kind of, like, lo fi bedroom stuff because it was, like I said, like, it's kind of sort of in the vein of sort of like that weird after pet sounds beach boys or, or like almost like they might be giants kind of stuff. And, you know, it's like just kind of fun. It's not, you know, I don't like to take myself too seriously all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of just like, I just was having a lot of fun and experimenting and it was, it was a, it was a good time. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you feel like we might've missed? Uh, any other interesting stories that mm, stick out? Let me see. Um, I'm trying to remember. I might need to even see because there's like a lot of songs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that song "Andy and Me" people tend to like, and that one is uh, yeah. that was uh, my friend. He commissioned me to write that song for him. It was it was like he wanted a song for his girlfriend for her birthday or something. So we wrote this story about like how he, her like mom didn't approve of him, and so he wanted like us like to write a song or whatever to prove that that he was like not just like messing around with her he was like more serious about her so we wrote that song so that that's about so andy is his girlfriend and he is actually singing with me on that track like he he kind of sang some some on the on the choruses he kind of there's like a double vocal thing and he's he's singing on it and he's not a singer or anything he just was like i was like oh let's let's throw you on there because this is kind of like about you you know (laughs) so and then the so it's like andy is the girl in the song and and the other person named is just woman julie and that's her mom so he's like it's like his his way of like convincing her that he like really cares about her so that's kind of an interesting one did Uh, you uh, did you put any thought into like um the album art or was is there any cool stories there oh yeah well yeah me well me and my friend uh well she's this designer i hired i just hired this i found this designer like on the internet and um we kind of just like we're like what you know this is when i was going to put it out and we're like well what are we gonna do for cover so I was like, we're thinking of this. I don't know why we just thought that we, like, I think we found this clip art of all these frames and we're like, oh, let's put this together because like it kind of goes like each, it's almost like a bunch of like little portraits. So we're like, the frames could just kind of represent the songs. It's just like a collection of songs. So we just went with like that portrait kind of idea. And and I just like stripes. So I made like that stripes background. Um, Let's see. Oh, um, let's see, let's see. Oh, this song, Say Goodbye to the Butter. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay? just, I just like that. It's, it's a good title. It's ridiculous. It's That's. I'll tell you the story, and we can edit this out if you want to. <laughs> no, go for it, by all means. Um, Say Goodbye to the Butter was inspired by my ex-girlfriend from, like, high school. She told me once that she ha- her family – this is all, like – this makes a lot more sense. Like, it doesn't – like, I didn't think about – like, I was always all about inside jokes and little – things that only make sense to me so i should start you know i need to start thinking more about the the wider audience but (laughs) at least they make for good stories but she was telling me the story about like how her mom bought this giant tub of like country crock and so like they were using this giant tub of like butter forever like her and her family like were used this butter every day and they would not they would not finish it because it was so huge <clears throat> and so they would use this butter like every day or whatever they're making toast or whatever you know cooking or whatever so they were using this tub of butter for like months or whatever 
<laughs> like, and so she said that like one day it was gone and she felt sad because like she said it was, it, it was like, it had become a part of the family. <laughs> so it's like, so they used up all this butter or I don't know, maybe they threw it away cause it went bad. I don't know if they ever conquered it, but she said that like she, her, you know, it was gone one day and she felt sad because she was, you know, looking for, for her new like family member or her new adopted pet, this tub of butter. So I just w- kind of went with that. <laughs> it's like ridiculous, but that's so. awesome. But and then kind of added the next verse about just like saying doing something before it's too late, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Some of these are ridiculous. Like lo- the L O V E song is just like a kind of like a. a I was gonna say a bad word, but <laughs> like it was like a, a. It's just a joke, basically. It's just like a, a song joke. Like the, all these, like a couple of these, like L O V E and. The singing thieves is just a ridiculous thing about like I just another story I had where like it would be funny about if these thieves came into your house and they wouldn't leave until you paid the money, like they would start singing and they they wouldn't leave until you paid them. So that's kind of like a ridiculous concept too. It's like a good, it's like an old twist on the old figgy pudding, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like yeah, exactly, yeah. It's kind of some dumb story I mean. <laughs> so a lot of these are just like my ridiculous brain making up ridiculous scenarios. Cause I, w- I never thought I would be able to write serious songs. Um, I always thought I would write like joke songs, you know, like, or parody kind of like weird owl kind of things. And, oh, wow. and so, cause I'm just kind of like s- a s- silly person. So like, uh, but, and then eventually started being able to write more serious stuff. So do you um, find yourself being drawn to some of those, uh, those sillier aspects again, or do those <clears> kind of find your way into your newer stuff? Or is that mainly an acoustic demo of the past kind of scenario? <laughs> well, I just, I, I like, com- I'm a big comedy fan. Like I, I, I love comedy and I've, I've listened to and watched a, and absorbed a lot of comedy, stand up comedy, you know, just comedic things. And, <clears throat> and, um, and, um, so I just, I'm, I don't know. I try to put humor in everything. Like, like, I'm. I try to like make things fun and not lame or boring, you know? So I hope it finds my way. I mean, it, it was kind of like, like I said, I was being more experimental back then, more free. And so I was being ridiculous, but now, um, now a lot of my stuff is a lot more serious. Um, so I hope I still, um, have some fun aspects though, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like that, the song Stanley waited is kind of, it's kind of both. It's like, a, it's like, it's like fun. It's like serious and funny. So it's like, that's on the new record too. So, Oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah. That so that'll be one. there. That'll yeah. be there. And, um, and I, and for the record, I think that you kind of ha- kind of have hit that sweet spot a little bit. Like you just released, uh, what's the, the new song called? Stop the thinking. Stop the thinking. Yeah. Like that is a, that is a more, um, like serious song if you will, but then you have this very, you know, the music video is very silly. <laughs> like it's it you is, guys yeah. out in the desert. You got yeah. trumpets. You're fighting with like ukuleles and that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's very it's silly. Over the yeah. top. Um, and I feel like I feel like that's a good good place to be. Like you've kind of honed in on that a little bit. More. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, because it is a serious. I, some of my favorite songs are kind of like that, where they're really sad, but they sound really happy, yeah. or vice versa, where they're you know. But um, I like I I don't know. I just kind of like that whole twist on things or i just don't like to be too straightforward i've always been kind of like i don't know rebellious in a way <laughs> in, in some way where i just don't want it to go where you think it's gonna go you know or yeah. whatever and it always gives it that extra layer too because i mean i don't know like for me whenever i see stuff like that like my mind always goes to children's literature and i love mm-hmm. children's literature yeah yeah because it, it has such deep meanings <coughs> but it, right little sirens 
Yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, it has those deep meanings, but it, it, it like kind of infuses it with that humor. It makes it easier to digest. It's kind of a sleeper thing where you go like, oh yeah, huh, you know, and like. Oh. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing about like like I was saying about like Aesop's Fables, or there's always some weird, or like what's another one like um, like Brothers Grimm, you know, stuff like that, where it's like there's usually like a lesson to be learned, or there's a weird twist at the end. It's like oh cool, like you know, the, but it's still short and it, you're able to absorb it and. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff where it's this thing toffee delights was this like jingle. I just kind of wrote for my friends. Like she was doing some like project for school. So that, that that's pretty weird too. And her product was like this toffee product or something. This was made up product. So I wrote a jingle for it. So <laughs> I just threw it on there. And then, um, yeah, this is this, this space is my space is ridiculous too. It's just about, you know, the MySpace days. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I just thought it would be a stupid, play on words with to turn the this land is your land into a dumb song about myspace (laughs) (laughs) and then the oh the last track four guitars is is the same track as before there's a song there's a track the track 10 is called guitar and then four guitars is the same track but i just layered four of them and and didn't edit it so it just sounds cool and kind of phasey and and weird so i didn't notice that that's really cool yeah so little things you know um but yeah um i Maybe I'll even yeah I want I've been meaning to make something, uh, put something out there explaining this because I didn't really put a lot of promotion into this mm-hmm. record. I just kind of printed it and I, you know, I didn't really even tell that many people. I think I took told like the mailing list and you know a few of my friends and stuff, but I didn't really, you know, do a lot of promotion for it. So I'm glad to clear the air on this because <laughs> it's it's a weird one. And now time for some plugs. Listen, I'm not telling you to do anything all you listeners out there but uh no i'm all over the internet um so it's very easy to find but unfortunately there's a there's a pet tag company called sofa city sweethearts and <laughs> so that's like my main competition right now is this like pet company <laughs> but um so don't click on the pet company but you can search sofa city sweetheart and all this stuff will pop up so you can um uh, find it on usually all the major websites like facebook instagram twitter all that stuff uh i have my own website too um sofacitysweetheart.com is on the internet and yeah Bandcamp, like most 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 things so um and i i usually try my best to um to write back i'm like pretty accessible like um if you send me a message i'll, I'll write back so um say hi You just listened to The Whole Way Through on 99.1 KLBP Long Beach Public Radio. Today, we talked to Sofa City Sweetheart. You can find Sofa City Sweetheart's music on Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, and wherever else you get your music. If you know a band that wants to be on the show, you can send us an email at thewholewaythrough at klbp.org or by finding us on social media at wholewaythrough. The Whole Way Through is a production of Newton's Dark Room and KLBP. For more information, visit klbp.org or newtonsdarkroom.com. Join us next week for our interview with Daniel Chavez, a.k.a. D. Chav. We'll see you next time.